Welcome to The Old Show with Jody Harrison Bauer and her daughter Lexi. Over the next hour, you will learn how to embrace the age you are now and have the knowledge to walk fearlessly into the next chapter of your life. Now, here are your hosts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Old Podcast. I'm Jody Harrison Bauer, along with my daughter, Lexi Harrison. We are here to discuss aging and the beauty, the challenging times, the joys, and the bumps in the road that we might have. My daughter's laughing at me as I say all these things because my intro is different every single week. But we are here to talk about getting old. And I love talking about this with my daughter because we come from different perspectives. I'm 62 and she's 30. And obviously we look at life a little differently. Um, but I think that's really cool because I learned so much from my daughter and I have an older daughter as well that I learned things from as well. But Lexi and I, uh, Lexi is here today. Hello, Lexi. <laughs> I was going to say, I was so happy that you didn't do the thing. I right. know. And my daughter, Lexi, and then you paused for me to say hi. I was trying not to. Yeah, thank you. Ooh. And you just did it. So I know, but I. how else do I introduce you to? Well, I'm going to be speaking throughout. They don't need to. I when guess so. Voice comes in, they'll know it's me. Well, see, and here's that's the thing. It's Maybe it's a generational thing because you listen to all different kinds of shows, all different kinds of podcasts, and you know how the cool people do the intros. And I'm just not that cool person. I just, I'm not cool about it. You as many podcasts as I do. I know, but I, I can't, I, I can't try to be cool. I, I think I am pretty cool, but I can't be like super cool. Like, like I don't some of the shows. Trying to be, I just feel like so many shows have the exact same intro and it's like soothing when the podcast starts to hear the host say the same thing. Well, you know what? This is our, um, fumble it. this is our maiden voyage. I mean, if you listen to fearlessly authentic, my other podcast, I've got that intro down pretty down pat. After right. three and a half years. Same, you're right. It's been three and a half years. And we had the same conversation at the start. And I would play you yes. intros to other podcasts and say, see, they say the same thing. Every- right. Yep. And you told me not to repeat myself, which is something that I did and something I do. And I don't know if it's an age thing, um, the repetition of things. And I I know that I repeat things like to my husband because I don't think he's listening to me. And but I also repeat things, I think sometimes because I want to make sure I'm making a point. Yeah, you do repeat yourself. Do you, um, this is not really related, but when you leave a voicemail and you say, hi, this is Jody," And then at the end you say, you can reach me at, and you leave your phone number. Do you do that? Almost all the time. So I do that too. And that's so embarrassing. And that's how you know that so we are both old because- you don't need to leave your phone number. They can see the phone number. You don't have to leave the phone number. Like if you open your phone and go to voicemails, you cannot even listen to the message and just call them back. That's true. Say, I think I learned that from like those Allstate commercials. Uh, is it Allstate or maybe Geico? Where Geico, yes. Your parents. Yes, yes. And they say, you know, you don't need to say your name and your <laughs> phone number twice. I, I'll say it twice. At the end of a voicemail, they they have your number. They already have your right. number. But doesn't it feel like 
you know, you didn't brush your teeth before you left the house. That's the autopilot. And that's what made me think about it with the podcast intro is it just be like autopilot. Hi, I'm Jody Harrison Bauer. Welcome to this week's episode of Fearlessly Authentic. Right. Like it should just roll off the tongue. And that's what happens when you leave a voicemail. It just feels like. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Well, I haven't gotten the intro down, Pat. Yeah, I know what I want to say, but I also feel like it's, I get what you're saying, Lexi, that just say the same thing. But to me, sometimes I feel like saying more. So that's just me. And, you know, I, I get to the point. Way of rebelling. What's that? I think it's your way of rebelling. You think that I rebel. So that this is something... You. This is something that Lexi and I have discussed. So Lexi has a lot of knowledge in the uh, public relations field, let's say. And so she gives me a lot of guidance to things that I should and should not be doing and or will send me things and say, check this out. This is something that I think could help you learn about this. And it's really, really helpful. But she gets frustrated with me when I don't do everything she says to do. And what I've tried to explain to her is that sometimes I don't have the confidence to do them or I don't know how to navigate through by doing that. For example, and I know you have something to say, but for example... When I first started, after Sports Illustrated happened in 2019, I knew that I had to start speaking more on and being more authentic. And then six months later, I started Fearlessly Authentic. And, but I was nervous because, not because I was hiding behind a persona that I was putting out on social media, but I didn't know what. I wanted to say, and I think a lot of people who are on social media and or want to say things don't know where to start. I think everybody I agree with you. You knew what you wanted to say. You were just scared to say it. And that's what is so annoying. And if you never did what I said, that would be one thing. But you continue to ask me for advice. You then complain about the problem after I give you the advice. After you have not taken the advice, you continue to complain about the problem. I give mm. you the same advice. True. And then about one and a half to two years after I've given you the advice, you start doing it and it works and you act like it's some genius idea that you had. No, and you're absolutely that right. We've been talking about every single day for two years. So that's why it drives me crazy. I don't care if you listen to me. If you didn't want to take my advice, that would be fine. I would stop giving you advice. But you continue to ask me. We continue to talk about it. And then yes. eventually you do it and it always works. And you're like, you know, it's just <laughs> so crazy that people started listening to my podcast once I started promoting it this way. Like, oh. like oh, really? I wonder who has been telling you that on a weekly basis for two years. I know. I know. And I think that's that so much of it, and that's what I wanted to start off the show with, you know, Lexi and I talk before, well, I should say we text or talk before we get on the show, obviously, about the topic we're going to discuss today. And what I wanted to discuss today was not something she wanted to talk about, which happens literally every week. I pick a topic because she, she wants to come to the show as just the side person and I have to lead it. You do all this prep work. You text me 20 minutes before the show. Because I don't know. I'm thinking about what I want to. 
I've, this is the first time I've said no to a topic. Last time we had a disagreement, you suggested five topics for one 50 minute show. And I said, the most we could do is two. I think we should only do one. We get to the end of the episode and you're like, wow, you know, that just flew by. We really just talked about that one topic the whole time. That is so crazy. Do you remember what we talked about last week? No, that's probably something we should be better about because I feel I'm I'm very worried that we're going to repeat ourselves a lot and people are going to No, 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 because what I do is before it gets um sent out to all the podcast streaming podcast platforms, I go and I listen to it so I could Really? Um, duh. Oh, I can't listen. You sent me a video of us and I refused to open it. How the hell can I write the description? What I should do is as soon as we're finished with the show. You're here. I don't. I don't. Because you know what? I'm going to tell you something. I did three. Ourselves look really bad. I did. No, no. I did three interviews yesterday. I was a guest on one show and then I interviewed two people for Fearlessly Authentic. And it was between from two o'clock in the afternoon until eight o'clock at night. And the last, the 7 p.m. interview I did was with a local news anchor who had a five o'clock, a six o'clock and an 11 o'clock show. And when I was, of course, I didn't, you know, I just touched up my makeup a little bit. I went to go like put my lip gloss on and I thought, how the hell does this woman do this? And she's got two small kids. But I have to tell you, I am tired today. I am really because Getting ready for that interview, I was very nervous because she's a news anchor, speaks like impeccably and has interviewed people. And of course, it's just wonderful. You you put a lot of prep work into your interviews. So I get exhausted. So it's like it's like running a marathon for an hour. I would. I I think you should tread very lightly. You're going to compare talking on your podcast to running a marathon. No, no. I'm saying that mentally. It does take a lot out of me. Okay. Not, it's not, not like a marathon. It's like a good workout. Okay. I'm just saying that when you are intense marathon about four hours, Lexi, of I'm talking money. about the intensity, the intensity. That's what yeah. we're talking about today is intensity. Okay. It's All right. Okay. So we're going to move, we're going to move on from this subject. What <laughs> I wanted to talk about today was uh, how much I, this sounds so clinical the way I'm going to say it right now. Uh, Lexi and I went away for the weekend together. She came to a concert with me because my husband didn't want to go. And I sort of twisted her arm. And I know that if something better came along, she would have blown me off. But I was very, very grateful that, did you really? (laughs) Oh my God. I would have gone by myself. I mean, I don't know if I would have driven to Boston it was all by myself. So it was far. a schlep. New it was York a schlep. To Boston is like, well, right. Five Did, hours I mean, you don't know that. Not really. I haven't gone. I haven't been to Boston in many years. So um, it was really exciting. Close. What? It feels like it should be closer. No, it's two and a half hours away. Not from here. It's not. No, it not from New York. It's either. it's five and a half hours probably. So, yeah. um, you know, it's a schlep for sure. So. Lexi joined me on this uh, journey to go to Boston and um, I brought appropriate snacks. She actually praised me and said, good job on the snacks, mom. Um, I I felt like a first grader. I walked (laughs) in, she picked me up from the train station and there was, she had a cooler full of snacks and water. I thought I was going to have to beg for a pit stop right away. No, no. I, I know how to take care of you and your sister. 
um, who lives much farther away. So Lexi and I do see each other often. And um, but I hadn't seen her in a while. Oh, my God. Every time we see each other, she's so dramatic about it. And we we talk on the phone every day. We obviously do this show once a week. So, like, I see her face a lot and we see her in person minimum. I haven't seen you in a month. I've not physically been able to give you a hug in a month because you've been traveling. She's been all over the place. Go ahead. 30 years old. It's summer and we live in different states. Like, I don't know anyone who sees their mom. I do. And every time I see her, she's so dramatic about it. I told her it's a little embarrassing how much time we spend together. (laughs) There was a guy that I was dating last year who my mom found at a bar. We were at a bar together and she talked to my daughter and like sold me to him. Was like, oh, you see my daughter? She's so beautiful. Um, Well, you dated him for six months. But we dated for a little bit. So it worked out well. But it was during that period of time. It wasn't the the best time of my life. And so we were seeing each other a lot. Yeah. Not so, but yeah, we yeah. were seeing each other a lot. And More I so. you actually lied to me around. I had to start lying to him about what I was doing. <laughs> because it was, I was getting so embarrassed that every time it's like, what are you doing tonight? What are you doing tomorrow? Blah, blah, blah. It always involved my mom and started lying, <laughs> pretending that I was like with friends or doing doing other things. And that's when I told her for the first time that we we might spend too much time together. Well, you know, going back, let's we just had our big reunion this week. Let's just yeah. So just going back for two minutes is um when and this always comes up because it was a big part of of growing up and my relationship and our relationship is that when Lexi was eight, um her dad and I got divorced and Alyssa, the, her older sister, was 12 at the time, um, but they were almost like 9 and 13. Really tough ages, you guys. Really tough ages. But as I will tell anyone who's thinking about getting divorced, is there's no, there's no good time and there's no best age ever. The best thing about, the best time about to get divorced is never. So hopefully whatever, um, you know, it takes two people to work on the relationship, but that's not the point of this story. The point is, is that her older sister, who was like 13, left for college five years later at 18. And then it was just me and Lexi in the house together. And, you know, Lexi and I were always very close because even though I was very, I'm close to both of my daughters as moms as I'm sure so many of you can relate to as moms, especially moms with daughters, you have, you know, you're two different human beings. They're both your daughters and they're both being raised by the same two people, but they're completely very different human beings. And all you hope is that you pass down the right morals and values to them. So needless to say, I had, I have a different relationship with each one of you and Lexi, I hope Alyssa doesn't hear this, but Lexi is particularly special. Alyssa's my firstborn and Lexi's particularly special because I had two miscarriages before her. So she's my rainbow baby. So she holds a special part in my heart. Alyssa holds a special part in my heart too, because she's my firstborn. So um, that was my point about our relationship. And you live closer. Alyssa lives farther away. So that is why we do see each other more and why 
you know, I could talk to, I could call your sister up and we could talk about anything, but it's just a different relationship. And I'm sure every mom listening to this can relate to that. You, I mean, you guys will stay on the phone for like six hours. I can't do that and stare at each other's faces, but (laughs) I think the real Alyssa can stare at her face. I think you, Oh, that's why she likes to FaceTime. Oh my God. Can I speak? Yes. I think you think the reason our relationship is so special is from when I was a baby. And I think it's from the four years that I was in high school yeah. that we had our sorority house where it was just the two of us. And I, I did spend time with my dad, so I wasn't there all the time, but yes. I spent most of my time with you and it was just the two of us. And I think because I was in high school and I was a teenager, I it just felt like we were friends. I don't know. It was a very weird, fun time that I feel like that's when we became. Yeah, it was an interesting dynamic. You knew I was still your mom, but you knew I was your best friend, which I think is a beautiful thing. But you still had your best friend friends. But, you know, your mom always yeah, has I had your real, back. You know, I yes. were thinking it as if I'm as if I have no friends. I <laughs> Alexi have, has a fuck ton of friends. I have um, normal human friends. who are. Yes. <laughs> yes, you do. So um, I wanted to talk about this today is how much I value my relationship since you're doing the show with me, um, value my relationship with you. Lexi does push me. She's hard on me. She pushes me to be the best person um, I could be in the things that I ask her that I need help with. But even I think, you know, even in life, because as both of us have gotten older, we share more and more. I don't need to know everything that she does in her life, although you ask. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know. Um, but I, I'm not that nosy. I'm not that mom that's like, tell me everything unless she wants to I tell me. Know. What? I think you are. <laughs> I think you are. I think it's interesting that you don't think that. <laughs> I mean, of course, I want to know everything, but I don't demand it of you. I don't because that would be really embarrassing. But I want my point is I want to let you know how much I value our relationship, like as a mother and daughter and as individual women and how you push me to, to be unafraid to take risks. Um, Because I do get scared sometimes um, of taking some risks when I don't know how to get there. And you say things to me like, well, just do it, mom, you know what, like, you know what you want to talk about. And I'm just going to reference this for a minute. I know you don't watch The Bachelorette, but I was watching it, the finale on Hulu last night. And this girl is like 27, 28, 29 years old, The Bachelorette, and her mom and dad are there with her in Fiji. And she's, it's between two men. She doesn't know who she's going to choose. And she looks at her mom. That was the video clip I sent you. Then Lexi sends me back and stop sending me video clips. And I just didn't respond to her for the rest of the night because I was just exhausted. Okay, no, I'm going to, pause this for a second because my mom who sends me a lot of texts a day will sit on her couch and hold up her phone and record the tv playing in her living room i don't room. know what's wrong with that and then she will send me like a a 7 minute long clip Ooh. of her watching tv and not say any words so she well, i mean say, because they're saying the words on tv no no mom if you sent me that clip and said Hey, I'm watching the finale of The Bachelorette and the way that Charity is talking to her mom makes me think of you. Watch this clip. 
at least I have some context. She sends me that clip. I didn't even press on it. What am I, what am I going to Mom, we just, we literally just had this conversation two days ago. I said, stop sending me videos of your TV with no content. I almost didn't. I almost didn't. And then I was so tired. I was just like, let me just send it to her. I just, I. You were ignoring me when you didn't respond. I was ignoring you because I I was like, you were being a little bit of a bitch. So I was just like, I'm not responding. Okay. So she just looks to her mom and she says, just tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. And I think I say that to you all the time, right? You say that. And that's why I sent it to Lexi. Just tell me what to do. And as moms, of course, we want to tell our daughters exactly what to do. But what I loved about Charity's mom is she's like, I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you. And I thought she the mom was a real you know, she's a very strong woman. She's like, I don't want to say names. I don't want I don't want you to hear my words. You have to make this decision yourself. And I think both you and I, I don't ever say to you, just tell me what to do unless it's something I really don't know how to do. Um, and you'll show me. Don't listen. <laughs> I do listen. I do listen. I I everybody but listen. I, ask you to tell I me do listen you all the time. I say, just tell me what to do. And you, you, do. you rarely do. Sometimes you do. Yeah. If I feel like you really, really don't have a clue, but here's the deal is that everybody really knows what to do. They know what they want when it comes to a decision. So let's just say about a relationship, you always know what you want. It's well, just, you you're- never tell me to break up with someone. If I was like, Oh, I don't know if I should break up with them. But if mm-hmm. I said, okay, I'm breaking up with them. I don't know how to do it. What do I do? Then you tell me what to do. Yes. But if you said to me, what do you think? I'm thinking about breaking up with so-and-so. What do you think? And I totally would never tell you what to do. I I don't want that holding on me because there have been some relationships that I've like, "Mm, I wish you would break up with him. And you're like over the moon happy. So like, who am I? Who am I to say, this isn't making you happy just because I may not love the person. We'll debrief after the call on who those who those were. Yes. So I I just wanted to put it out there that I do value everything that you say. And I had so much fun with you in Boston. And I think you actually had fun with me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and I, I think that every mother, mother-daughter relationships are very complex and can be very complicated because there is that unconditional love that moms have for their daughters. And we want to see them. I'm making a blanket statement about any mother who loves her daughter. Okay. Is that we do have unconditional love for them and we want to see them doing better and making better decisions than we ever did and taking their time, maybe more time in decision-making than we ever did also because maybe we felt like time was running out for us. And we have, being older, we have perspective now. And we're like, you have time. You don't have to rush anything. Because we have this incredible wisdom of having life experiences. We know that there's time when sometimes our daughters think that, you know, something might be it might be too late for them or they're not sure. So we can see. Well, the only thing you hear old people saying is life is so short. Life is so short. Life is so short. So- yeah. Why would we not think we're running out of time? Because, right, so you don't take that as a- short life life is. So I do, I very much take that as, okay, running out of time. I have to think about that. I don't know. I know we say it because of where we are in life. 
that life is short because when we look back, we're like, shit. Everyone says life is where short. Where is that time? I know. I remember my grandparents used to say it. I'm like, or when there was a birthday, right? And they'd, they'd say, to health. And I'm like, well, fuck health. Like, who needs health? I'm 10 years old, right? I'm healthy. Or 15 or 18 or 23 or 25. Ah, But now, like, yes, I get it. It's it's to health. It's to health and happiness because those are the two things you, um, everybody wants in life. Um, but the other thing is, is as Lexi and I are talking about her, me not listening to a lot of things that she suggests to me, she inspires me. And you always have, you've always seemed to have, you've always had a good head on your shoulders and um, you've always inspired me to just live up to, I almost feel like it's, I feel like I what? Well, I appreciate this praise, despite how uncomfortable it makes me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so funny. I don't know. This is really entertaining for people to just listen to you talk about how much you love me. Can we maybe make this a larger conversation? Um, yes, I will tell you that. Did you want to talk about the Barbie movie of Mothers and Daughters? Yes, yes. But we're going to be taking that was also a, part of our big, right. our big weekend adventure. <laughs> we're going to be the talking about that. See the Barbie movie. Yeah, and I wouldn't have wanted to go see the movie um, with anyone else but you or and you and your sister. Um, but I, what I wanted to say was was that you and your sister have always been my purpose, and I've always worked hard on myself to be the best role model that I could be for you. And so that's why sometimes it's hard when you say, well, mom, you didn't listen to me because I want to just... I want you to look at me and say, I told my mom to do that. And now she's doing it. I told my mom to do that. And so when you're like, well, mom, you don't listen to me, then I feel like I've let you down. Maybe that's the people pleaser in me. You do, because then we just have a con- we j- just had two conversations about two things that you've recently done that I have been telling you to do for literally years. Yes. <laughs> Straight faces said to me. I don't know what I've been doing to make this happen. Like, like you couldn't believe it. Like something just magically. I know, I know, I know, I know. It takes me a while. All right. We are going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a minute. You will never be as young as you are today. We're all getting older, no matter what age we are. Each passing year brings a new set of challenges, fears, beauty, and joy. Tune in to The Old Show with 62-year-old host Jody Harrison-Bauer and her 30-year-old daughter Lexi as they talk all things aging to help you march fearlessly into your next chapter. Old, Wednesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to The Old Show with Jody Harrison-Bauer and her daughter, Lexi. We hope today's show is helping you to learn how to embrace your age at every stage and how to live your best life ever. Now back to the show. Hello, everyone. And we are back as my daughter is giving me 
direction as to how we should take this second part of the show. Welcome back to the old podcast where we talk about everything aging. And Lexi and I were talking about our fabulous weekend this past weekend. And what was really fun was just going to my old stomping ground and I went to school in Boston. So it was really, really fun for me to be there. And and Lexi was very patient with me to go to all of, you know, saw my school and went to see where I worked. And it was really, really fun. Uh, but we ended the weekend with um the viewing of the Barbie movie. We were a little late to the late to the whole Barbie thing, but um oh, I you made me promise to see it with you. So I waited. Thank you. I You're appreciate welcome. it. Lexi, what did you think of the movie? Oh, no, you go first. Okay. I liked the movie a lot. I knew I would like it. I knew it would be entertaining. Um, I knew, I mean, I love the background, all the colors. It was really, really obviously done very, very well since it's, I think, like the highest grossing picture ever. And, um, and I loved it. I loved the end the most because I love the message that Rhea Perlman, who plays the inventor, the creator of Barbie, Ruth Handler, says to Barbie about we mothers stand still so our daughters can look back and see how far they've come. I can't believe I just said that without crying. What? Oh, okay, so I have a question. Yeah. I don't really get it. Like, I cried when she said it. I thought it was very cute. It was very sweet. It was very emotional. But I don't really understand. It means that we work hard to make changes so you could so you can travel it behind us and look back and see how far women have come. So it takes strong women. And then we stand still and we're like, fly, fly, flee, go. Go live your life. Go in this case, go get a vagina. You know, we work, we work, we work. And then we stand still because the spotlight should always be on our daughters. What that's what she's saying is the spotlight is on our daughters. We stand still. So the spotlight is on our daughters and they can see how far they've come. Okay. Because it's not about us as the mothers. It's never about us. No, that I understand. Right. That's really what it was about is that it's not about the moms. We work hard and then we stand still to let you fly and you be in the spotlight. So back in the day, it was never about the moms getting the glory. It was about their children. So, you know, in my particular case, my mom- It's never about the moms getting the glory. What what mom's glory? Well, my mother wanted the glory. But they never actually get it except in like, what are those really cute ads that they do during the Olympics? It's like a Procter and Gamble commercial. Procter and Gamble. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, Right. It's always supposed to be. Does that make sense, though, what I just said? Kind of. I mean, I still don't totally get the standing still thing, but I I understand the. It's not like standing still like. "Ah." I can't move. I can't move. I can't move. Ah. It's not like that. It's just we work hard and then we stop and we're like, go take over the world. Take over the world. It's ready. Go. The world is is your oyster. Open it up and just enjoy. And that's and that's really what what we do as parents, as mothers in particular. You know, mothers and mothers and fathers are very different human beings. Um, dads would not relate to the movie. I don't think like that. I, I personally, I 
can't see a man really relating to it unless he's very, very in touch with his feminine side or he raised the children his himself um, and daughters in particular. So I I lost it at that point of the movie. And I walked away still kind of crying from it because I think so, I know so many mothers put so much effort into the raising of their daughters. And well, all we all we want is for them to have more opportunities, a better life, not as much angst, not to make the same mistakes that we made. And I get that she made Barbie, you know, astronaut Barbie, President Barbie, all of these things to show how strong a woman could be. Right. And I, I never played with Barbies and they never empowered me. And I wonder if my mom didn't have me playing with Barbies. I think I mentioned this to you because maybe she didn't want me to look at Barbie as a role model. I don't know. I mean, Barbie came out in 1959. I know. I wonder when Barbie was like peak popularity. There were certainly Barbies around. Barbies were like pretty prevalent in the 90s, but... I think they were making a comeback. But they weren't like the main thing. Well, in the nineties, it was American. It was the American dolls. Right. So I played American with the girl dolls. that was also around when I was growing up. I, I never played with them, but that's when Bratz dolls were really big. And I think Bratz dolls kind of like overtook the Barbies a little bit. They were like the new slutty doll. Um, oh, so you look at Barbie as slutty. I look at Bratz as slutty. Okay. I mean, the, I feel like they were kind of talking about that in the movie a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Um, so I wonder when Barbies were like peak toy, but I will say we did have by we, I mean, I think it was my sister's, but I got to use it. The pink convertible Barbie car. Oh yeah. The, the, the Corvette. Which was <laughs> by far the coolest toy we ever had in our whole childhood. Yes. That was sick. And that was definitely Barbie. So yeah, like that- when I think of Barbie, I do think of that car and being like, we must've been the coolest kids in the world that we had that car. When I was growing up, we had a Batmobile. What do you mean you had a Batmobile? Like Batman and Robin. Yeah. It was really popular. So we had, um, um, because my sister was the favorite, um, she wanted a Batmobile for Hanukkah. Which one of you likes Batman? No, Sharon had to be Batman. Now, I'm the oldest of three girls. Sharon had to be Batman and I had to be Robin. And only Sharon got in the Batmobile and I had to run behind her with a cape on because she would never let me get in the Batmobile. That's very funny. Yeah, I definitely was <laughs> never allowed to drive the Barbie car, but I always got to sit in the passenger seat. seat. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think of the movie? I don't have, I, I hate when you put me on the spot like this. I don't have any like profound thoughts to share about it. Okay. All right. Well, I um, really. I question while we're talking about like mothers and daughters and yeah. Something that you said earlier was that Liz and I have always been your passion, but that's not true because you weren't, we, we weren't your passion until when we didn't exist. Right. So, not until 1989. <laughs> yeah. So what about life before then? Did you have kids and you were like, oh my God, I was living in black and white. Now it's color. My life had no purpose. No. I met you. Oh, that's a really interesting question. Look at you asking me a question. Um, before children, BC. Um, <laughs> no, I was not lost. I was not that girl who liked to babysit, nor did I like children. Right. 
so my passion was um, working. I had a great job as a buyer and I loved working. What? Your passion was not working, mom. Yes, it was. Okay. Lexi, I was working. I met your father. We were dating. That's all I did. Okay. That's all I did. I worked out. I dated your father and I worked. Okay. I don't think working was your passion, mom. It was just how you spent your days. (laughs) They stopped paying you. You stopped going to work. Right. So I, okay. Your passion. You know what? I'll be honest with you. I, my passion was to make money. I, I didn't have a passion. I didn't. That, I that's didn't. fair, but don't lie. Yeah. Well, I'm really I mean, passionate about my job at the department store. I was a buyer. Don't don't. Anyway, um, so I didn't have any. I didn't have any great passions, um, in my twenties, and got married at twenty four. So no. And then when I met your dad and we started dating, and he, you know, talked to me about, you know, we started getting serious, and he's like, "I want children, either two or four. and I said. Well, I'm not really sure if I want kids. I cannot picture him with four children. That is no, so funny. No, me either. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm not really sure. Now, granted, you guys, I'm 23 years old. And he said, well, I want two or four. And I said, well, I'm not really sure if I want children. And he said, well, if you don't, then we should really end this relationship now. And I thought, okay, um, well, let me think about this. Because I, I like you and I don't want to end the relationship. So let's think about it. And then I fell in love with him and, you know, we got married and then I wanted to eventually have babies. And right. that it is life altering in that it does change everything. You're It's not about you anymore. It's It stops being about you. And it's almost like a relief because when you're in your 20s, it's just you're thinking about me, 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 me. What do I want to do? What do I want to look like? What do I wear? All those. It's a. It's very me centered, and yeah. uh, and then you have a baby. I had mine at 28 and 32, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, it's not about me anymore. I really like this human being that we just created. I want to love her so much and protect her and teach her and feed her and just friggin' love this kid. And it's so cool because it's no longer about you. You're like, but the bad thing about it that happens to so many women is that they get lost. Right. Right. They get lost. And that's, you know, that's, that's the hard thing. And some women are like, yeah, it's okay. I'm still lost in my family. They don't say that, but they're lost and they, they don't want to climb out or try to find themselves again. And that's okay because everybody has their own journey, but I got really, really lost. And this, this show isn't about that, but that was, you did, you became my absolute number one, both of you. It's all I wanted to do is take care of my family. It's all I wanted to do. And then as you got older, then I went back and started taking care of myself. I mean, I always went to the gym, but I, it wasn't about me. Started finding other Right. Well, you become friends with other moms that have kids the same age and, you know, that whole thing happens and you become part of a different community and you have new well, friends. That's what we're talking about we're talking about passions. Yeah, my passion was then um really more so than ever fitness. It was just right. that that was my passion, being healthy and fit and helping other people do the same thing. And then I realized, oh, I could kind of balance it a little bit um when they're in school. And that was really um beautiful to me. 
that I was able to do that. And then it got to be, and then I was also doing, I was perfume spritzing also. So I was going out at night on Thursday nights, working from five to nine. You guys had a babysitter. And then on um, Saturdays. You're from going five, five to nine in perfume spritz. Yeah. You work at the perfume counter. I worked for a specific perfume company. I worked for Giorgio of, um, Giorgio of Beverly Hills. And they had um, two cents. I didn't know you did this when we were, I thought you did this before us. No, no. After, so all the, all the retired buyers became perfume spritzers. Interesting. Yeah. So um, we would, we were hired as like uh, independent contractors, right? And a company would hire us like, I don't know, pick a perfume company. It, it doesn't. I, okay. So, yeah. So, I worked for Giorgio Beverly Hills and I would go and I got paid something like $25 an hour back in 1989. And I would work from five to nine, 12 to four on Friday, 12 to four on Saturday. And then by the time you were like three, your dad was like, and he was done with law school. He's like, that's enough. Like, I'm cutting you off. You're done with the spritzing. You could, because he wanted me around on the weekends and Friday, you know, he wanted me around on the weekends. Thursdays, didn't really get in his way, but I needed to, I worked 12 hours a week doing that. And then I worked two hours a week teaching classes and then train some clients on the side. So that's what I decided. And I loved it because it got me out of the house. I got dressed, put makeup on. So yeah. So it's really important to find that balance of your purpose and also finding you again. So you don't get lost. You don't get lost. But when I stopped the perfume spritzing and you girls got older and, you know, I needed to be around more and more and more, not that I wasn't around because I was around all the time, but um, you do, you tend to, and depending on the relationship that you have with your spouse, sometimes you can get very lost in the relationship because everything becomes about the children. Every conversation is about the children. Everything is, that's why it's important in a relationship to have that time with your with your significant other all the time. And also, I will always say this, is always be financially independent of your significant other. Always have your own money. So I always had a little stash, you know, from teaching classes and training clients, but it certainly wasn't enough for me to feel financially independent. And, um, you know, I don't want anybody to do that. I wouldn't want you or your sister to do that because that puts you in a very um, weak position. It leaves you kind of open to get hurt. So do you think uh, the reason that so many women tend to get lost in this is because they don't have a passion prior to having children and then they have them and it's like, oh my God, here's this thing. My, I, I finally have a purpose and then they just want to throw everything into the children. Like, I don't I don't have a passion right now and I'm looking for one and I'm nowhere near ready to have children. Um but I'm trying to find a passion, something that I can dedicate myself to that's not just myself or work or ideally right. work that I'm passionate about. Um that's ideal. That's that's ideal right now at this very point of hard life. To figure out what that is. I think there are, I mean, I think there are many people who have things they're very passionate about. And then I would hope that there are many people like me who don't, who have never had that sport that they were obsessed with or the movie they were obsessed with or the thing that they were, you know, in their basement practicing all the time. Like I was always just kind of floating around. Like whenever you had to do those projects in school, 
oh my God, there was this project that I have no idea what grade I had I was in. And it was like an outline of your head. And then inside you had to draw symbols to to like describe yourself. So people would it do It sounds like, like fourth or fifth grade. Like a baseball and a butterfly and a ballet slipper. And I remember being like, what am I supposed to put in here? And I still feel like that. My God, Lexi. <laughs> I know, I know. Um Maybe you should try doing that today. It is hard. I think you I, I think you put too much pressure on yourself to find a passion. I think you just need to lean into whatever you feel like. But uh, but I'm not feeling anything. Remember when I came home and I was like everyone has a hobby but me and then Believe I me Alexis, I remember. Yes, I remember. I remember. Do you know um, the guitar is in this apartment with me? It's right over there. Is it? So maybe yeah. you should go back to playing the guitar. I don't think I don't think that's it. Why not? Why not? See, I never put that pressure on myself about a passion. I don't know. I just, you know, it was. Well, I didn't really. I mean, I did in school because everyone had like their thing. Right. And so I wanted to have a thing and I, I never did. And then I didn't really think about it in like high school, college, my early 20s. And now that I've been working for eight years and I don't have children, which and I don't want to have children right now, right. but I'm like, my life could use a little purpose beyond just like keeping myself alive and, and well, happy. Do you want me and to give so you now I'm looking for purpose and passion in work so right. that I've like, feel like I've hit a certain level with my career. I've proven to myself that I can do it. And now I'm looking for something more, which for me is passion. And I think that that is probably a pretty common thing, especially as women are having babies later. Yeah, I was, you know, I was this news anchor that I was interviewing last night at seven, like the word passion never, I mean, it came up. She was always very passionate about being a news anchor, being on TV, and that was her passion. So right. then she didn't have her kids until she was 40 and 42. Um, and now she's going through menopause with a seven and nine-year-old. Um, so that's like a lot going on in her 40s. But th she was just talking about her passion and it was always her job. So. Right. So I'm saying, yeah. Um. So I think I always, you, you've been doing your job for a while and yeah. the thrill of doing the job and doing it well. And, oh my God, I'm working and I'm living in a city and, oh, I got promoted and, oh, I'm making this much money after the the thrill of that wears off, which it doesn't always for some people. Right. And some people are really passionate about their jobs. But I, I had hit that point where I was kind of like, I, I did it. The excitement of the passion for doing it the passion for just working in general had kind of worn off. And now I was looking for, okay, how else can I make my work something I'm passionate about? Or find, you know, a hobby. Maybe I'll be a passionate guitar player by next week. I always say for anybody who's looking for a passion and is struggling sort of like with this as you are for a passion, it's like, I always say, who do you want to help? So that's just something everybody who's listening right now, if you're trying to find a passion, I want you to think about who do you want to help? Who do you see out there that might be suffering who you can help? Because any little bit of your effort can help that person. Or maybe you have 
you know, um, some type of, I can't think of right. You can, you can um, write music. You are musical and you could go play music for little kids in, in cities. I don't know what it is. You can read like for me, I also volunteered at the, at the dog shelter. Do you know that at the, the animal shelter in town, I went there and I read the dogs books. Yeah. Yeah. So like I was passionate about helping rescue animals. You read the dogs books. Yes. Yes. Times Did you do that twice? Like three times. <laughs> but I mean, it was something I wanted to do. That's my point. It was something I wanted to do. And when I did it, I knew that maybe I was helping one dog fall asleep and I felt great about doing something that made that made a difference, maybe. Right, right. That's something I know I wouldn't I do. I don't see myself sitting on the floor of a shelter reading dogs. But but Books, it's although something I do rescue dogs in my life. Yeah. I mean, so you never you never know. Maybe it's rescue dogs for you, Lexi, because dogs do love you. They love me because I'm not desperate for them love. Right. So you're can't. you're very aloof to them. All right. So you don't have a small you don't have a big takeaway on the Barbie movie. And yeah. they told me, hey, we're gonna please please prepare your take on the Barbie movie today. I would have. Um, I wanted to mention also um when we were talking about the Barbie movie. And as I was coming up the stairs to get ready for the show today, I was thinking, you know, I wonder if she realizes how tired moms get at a certain age. Like I'm 62. I'm getting tired. I'm really scared about that. That's probably I'm more scared about the tiredness than the giving birth. Well, having children is exhausting mentally and physically. Yeah, it sounds horrible, honestly. It's not horrible, but it's it's um, stressful, and that's why it's really important to have the right frame of mind and know what kind of partner you have that you're having this children with. Like your dad and I are both type A personalities, and uh, needless to say, your sister, <laughs> you know, she was just a little stressed out. Um, you were more mellow because he was busier at work and I was with you more often and I was more confident as a mom. But, you know, our first child, like I said, I'm a firstborn. So with the first child, you don't know what you're doing. You're just, you're like, I- I'm I'm just going to go for this. And you lean in with your heart and your love and you just hope that it, it pays off at the end that your kid comes out. Okay. When you stand still and you say, fly, fly, and they, they fly. So it's, um, but you do, I, I was, when I was walking up the stairs, I'm like, I don't know if, if, you know, Lexi realizes how tired we moms get because we put everything into our oh, children. I do. I, I'm, I'm very scared for that. And you know, I'm scared. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. You're going to be a wonderful mother one day. Tell me recently, including the doctor who removed my ingrown toenail. Can you share that story a little bit? We have about a minute and a half left. Okay. So I, I get ingrown toenails. I had one last week. So I go to the doctor to get it taken care of. And I don't know why I thought that he wasn't going to do anything, but he tells me that he has to give me the needle. And if you've ever had anything done to your toe, they do like a, some sort of surgery to make ingrown toenails not grow back in which they stick three giant needles into your big toe. And it's terrible. So I thought that's what he was going to do. There was just one needle. I cried. I asked him for a 
bag. <laughs> I told him that I, I vomit on doctors all the time. I would, I would in fact need a barf bag. It wasn't a joke. He got me one and he was laughing at me. and he was like, I do this on literal babies. Like you're going to be fine. And I was like, I have no pain tolerance in case you can't tell from the fact that I'm crying. And he was like, what do you mean? You're a woman. And I was like, yes, I know. I'm totally screwed when it comes to giving birth. Oh and my God. like, basically, yeah. And then a couple months ago, I got my a, another hole pierced in my ear. And I also cried. The girl looked me dead in the eyes and said, do you want to have children? So yeah, people seem to really be rubbing that one in my face. Recently. That's so weird. I forgot about that girl that said that to you. But when you left the doctor, I know it's going to hurt more than this hair. <laughs> but wait, the doctor was like, he was he was Jewish, right? And he was like, had to go to Shabbat or something like that. And he's like, are you like, tell that yeah, was really like, I got to go. My seeds are here. I have to do the filling. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and you did, it wasn't even an ingrown toenail. No, it was. And I asked him how long it was going to take. And he said less than three seconds. I thought he was doing the surgery. He just, right. He just clipped my toenail. I love it. I, that's the cutest story because was Lexi so was, yes, she always, she vomited at every doctor's office until you were about seven. We Probably. had a barf, we had a barf bat, we had a, a garbage pail or a bag right there. Cause you get Yeah. Used- so I tell doctors that and they don't believe me. <laughs> grown up. Well, well, now you could get your own blood done all by yourself and I don't need to be there for you. Oh, I'm good with the blood. The blood's not bad. Wow. Because I know it doesn't hurt. It's the anticipation of pain that yeah. makes me nervous. No, that- so now that I've had blood drawn enough times and I know it doesn't hurt, I just can't look. I so- bet when you have children, you are going to just pop that kid out. I don't know. Well, my toe doctor said, make sure you get what's the thing where they numb you? Epidural. Yeah. I was like, oh, don't worry, doc. I'll I'll be on all the drugs. (laughs) Like people are talking to me as if I'm pregnant. I am single and living in a studio apartment. There are no children on the horizon. Oh my God. I love you. I am so lucky that you are my daughter. And that your sister is my daughter. I am a very lucky mom. And as I said at the beginning of the show, my daughters make me a better person. They have from June 13th, 1989 and March 2nd, 1993. These two women have made me. What? Don't make what? You need to drop our birthdays. Stop. Stop. Um, And they love to give me a hard time. Lexi especially because we're so close and she gets tired of me. But really, Lexi, you really do make me a better person and I love you and I respect you and you could keep telling me what to do. And I don't when I don't listen to you, understand that it's because I'm just nervous about taking that that risk. And that is something I'm trying to teach you and teach other people is to be fearless and authentic. And as you taught me, mom, be authentic, be your authentic self on on your platforms and you people will see you for who you are, but it's scary. And I just want to thank you for pushing me and that I love you and that a mother and daughter's relationship is very special. And I'm just very grateful for the relationship that we have. And I'll see you. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, uh, any, any last words, Lex? No. Okay. All right. What? So love you. I love you too. And thank you so much for joining us on the old podcast. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us at the old podcast on Instagram and Facebook. 
And you can find me on all platforms, social platforms at Jody Harrison Bauer. And check us out on YouTube as well at Jody Harrison Bauer. You can see what me and Lexi look like when um, we do our shows. So until next week. On those social channels that you're giving out. What? What am I doing? Have you started posting on those social channels? Yes. Yes. They're being uploaded weekly, Lex. Okay. Okay. Love you. Bye. Thank you for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Old Show with Jody Harrison Bauer and her daughter, Lexi. We hope today's episode has helped you understand that being old is just another chapter to live through. Another chapter worth embracing because each day we get older, and that is a privilege. Until next time, have a beautiful week. Please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Check us out on all social media platforms at Jody Harrison Bauer and at The Old Podcast.